Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Patrick Peterson was saying all we need is five touchdowns, and I thought... You watch the first half, you know, getting one touchdown is going to be tough, let alone five. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. NFL Network Insider, Ian Rappaport. Chargers wide receiver, Keenan Allen. Coming up. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Terry Bradshaw. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. What a day it has been. Um, as soon as this hour is over, the show re-airs on, uh, on the Roku channel. Um, thanks to our partnership on Channel 210 with Roku, we, we re-air as soon as our live show is over. Every single day we're on the air live from 12 to 3 Eastern time, and I came on the air talking about uh, my recollections of Franco Harris and the times that I got to, a chance to, to meet him, be with him, talk with him, and of course being a fan of the NFL and remembering the Immaculate Reception, um, recalling the Immaculate Reception. Um, and how the Steelers have come to be based on that and with Franco and the rest of his Hall of Fame teammates. And um, also um, on this program, uh, as soon as it's over, I'm heading off to Pittsburgh to call the game on Saturday night on NFL Network. And it was, you know, it's now going to be a a remembrance uh, as well as a celebration. And uh, joining us, kind enough to join us on this on this day, is the man who threw the ball that wound up in the hands of Franco Harris, and is one of uh, my favorite people and America's favorite people, quite frankly, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and of course NFL on Fox, Terry Bradshaw here on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Terry? Hey, Rich. How you doing, buddy? Well, I mean, uh, I, I obviously caught off guard, and I am so. Um, overwhelmed with grief uh, I'd, I'd love to just give you the floor and tell us how you're feeling right now well Terry. it um <clears throat> i just was with franco two weeks ago filming a immaculate reception um nft and we had so much fun the night before we filmed uh he and dana and tammy and i we all went to uh, Great Italian restaurant. We had some great wine. We had some great stories. We have, as we always do when we're together, we had a, we had so much fun laughing and kind of picking at one another. And it was just a great, a great evening. We filmed all day the next day and laughed and cut up again, as we always do. Uh, and then all of a sudden, at 3 a.m. this morning, you get uh, a notification mm. that he passed away and. You just, you know, you just try to put it, you try to put it uh, in perspective. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, and Friday is a celebration of the 50th year of the Immaculate Reception. Pittsburgh's going to go back and relive this. Uh, some of the Raiders are coming in for it. Uh, 50 years later, there's got to be a healing <laughs> somehow. Uh, I don't think John Madden ever got over it, but that's, you know, that's unfortunate. But <laughs> Saturday, you just, 
alluded to the fact you're going to be covering the game at halftime. His number's been retired. He would be only the third number, jersey number, in Steeler history to have his number retired, which is a major, major uh, award, a great accomplishment. And now, as you said, it's it's uh, it's going to bring back. Now it, it's going to be a great uh, celebration. Now, not only of the number thirty-two being retired, but of the life of Franco. And quite honestly, I it's it hits it it hits me, and then emotionally it leaves me. Then I'm then it hits me. I'm just back and forth on it, and I'm having a hard time kind of grasping that actually. Uh, but such a great teammate, uh, such a great uh, friend, and someone that everybody that's come in contact with Franco Harris knows that he was a gentleman, always smiling. I never saw the man upset except one time in Super Bowl thirteen. Hmm. Rich, I got sacked, and he thought that Hollywood Henderson had roughed me up. He was steaming. Uh, he said very little in the huddle, and unless I asked him a question. But this time he said, uh, Brad, he called me Brad instead of TV. He said, Brad, give me the ball. I want the ball. Well, I called my own plays. I didn't have to wait for it to come in from the sideline or the press box. So I called uh, 93 Tackle Trap. It's uh, primarily a, a great goal line play. It's great against the blitz. And I anticipated blitz. We're on the 22-yard line. Cowboys showed blitz. I went, oh, my God, I got, I got the perfect play. I'm walking up. I called it on first sound, which means there's no cadence. It's just, and away we go. So the Cowboys has shifted their safeties over. Hut, the ball snapped. Uh, Harris, Cliff Harris runs into the umpire. Uh, <laughs> the umpire blocks Cliff Harris and freed Frankel for a 22-yard touchdown. And, and a week later, the Pro Bowl, Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters told me they did that on their own. They got out of position to oh. give me a blitz look to get me to call a play, you know, to call a play into the strength would have been their defense. And I said, oh, that's great. I thought it was a blitz. I thought I blitz. And then I said, well, it must have been a good reunion on the sideline between you and Tom, Tom Landry. He, he knew you guys had done this on your own. That's, uh, that's one of the best stories I've got of Franco. Uh, other than he used to always tell me, Brad, um, do you eat blueberries? And I said, I love blueberries. I, you know, I don't buy them every day, but I eat blueberries. Yeah, Brad, you got to eat blueberries. You got to eat two cups of blueberries every day. They're great brain food. I wish I'd have known that when I was playing. I'd eat a gallon a day. So I, <laughs> he was always on me about blue, eat blueberries. And I used to tell him, you're telling me to eat blueberries, and you're selling, you're selling donuts to kids in elementary school. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on because love it, Terry. while 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 we mourn the loss, we celebrate the life yes. and the impact that he had on all of us that were fortunate enough to either been a teammate or to come in contact with him. Yeah, and that that's again, uh, Terry, the 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 beauty of what Saturday night will be. Obviously, there will be some mourning, yeah. and there'll be remembrance, but there'll be celebration, and there'll be stories right. like this, and 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 so uh, you got a good one about who uh, the type of man he was. 
he was a man of the year. Yeah. You know, this is before the, the, the award was named after Walter Payton. Right. Um, and how, you know, what he meant to the people in that city. You had a front row seat to the blossoming of that. Right. For sure. He, yeah, he was the, I guess, uh, since he was the first, offensively, the first great player in Steeler history. Joe Green would have been the first great, in my opinion, the greatest defensive person in Steeler history. Franco stayed in Pittsburgh, built his company in, in Pittsburgh, was a community giver, loved and adored by all the Steeler fans who saw him all the time. Um, and that's, you know what, Rich? I was talking to Mike Wagner yesterday, and I said, golly, Mike, you know, if I have one regret in my life, I wish I'd have been a better teammate. And Mike said, well, you you were there way before the other players got there. You stayed after everybody. You know, you don't be so hard on yourself. And I don't know, Rich, why I said that. And now I lose one of the greatest teammates I ever had. Hmm. I mean, easily one of the greatest teammates I ever had. A guy that constantly was picking me up. A guy that believed in me. You know, I love you, Brad. And he would stutter sometimes. I love you, Brad. And I used to make fun of him all the time. Mm. You know, the immaculate reception. Yes. The reason he caught the ball was he was supposed to block. The play was 66 circle option. He was to stay in and block, and he drifted to the left, and he didn't block anybody. <laughs> and I move out of the pocket. <laughs> And he was taught <laughs> under Joe Paterno at Penn State, because I asked him this two weeks ago. I said, why did you go to the football? How would you get there? He, he, says, he said, <laughs> he's laughing when he told him, but he said, Joe, Coach Joe Paterno told us that when the quarterback throws the ball, run to the ball. And he said, when you threw the ball, Brad, I ran to the ball, and the ball, there was the collision, and the ball came to me, and I just reached down and grabbed it. So... You know, while I made fun of him for not blocking, he made up for it by running to the ball and making the catch. Then, of course, the controversy and the play 50 years later. Did he, did he not touch? Who knows? And that's what makes it so great. Well, I mean, and Terry, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't use the, the few minutes I have with you left here to, to, to delve deeper into this. At the time, though, in real time, as it was happening, the question, right. the question uh, of the moment wasn't whether uh, – Franco plucked it uh, out of the air or off the the Three Rivers turf. Right. It, right. It, it really it really was whether the ball hit Jack Tatum because if it didn't, if it hit Frenchie Fuqua, and it right. went into another offensive player's arms on the carom, it would have been illegal on the and spot. Complete. So right. so what exactly. what was happening from your perspective in the moments after Franco I hit got, the end zone? <clears throat> yeah, when I when I threw the ball and got hit and I hit the ground, I heard the roar. And I knew it was a touchdown. It's no question it was a touchdown. Uh, and I got up and, and, you know, everything just went crazy. And I'm all of a sudden, uh, I started asking questions, you know, who caught it? What happened? Because I didn't know. I didn't see it. Unbelievable. And then they were telling me, you know, the ball, Frenchie, it hit Tatum. Tatum bounced, bounced off his shoulder pads. Franco got the ball, caught it out of the air, and ran for a touch. You know, I didn't really get all of this until we got into the locker room. Right. And I was just, you know, now come again on what happened? <laughs> and if we, 
How many how many cameras are you going to have Saturday night at this game? Right. How, how many how many tape machines are you going to have? And they got high def. And today's game, you would be able, Rich, to break that thing down <laughs> right. to the last frame from every angle in the world and go, oh look, it hit his little finger. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> it's not a complete pass. And I think the thing, because for all your listeners out there, the ball had to be touched by the defense right. last before we could take possession if we in, if we got a bounce off. And that's the question wasn't whether or not Tatum hit it. There's no question he hit it. He hit it because the ball came back too far. The question is then, when he hit it, did it go through Frenchie's hands? Because Frenchie was reaching out to catch it. So there's no way the ball – would have hit his hands and gone back 20, you know, 20 feet, 20, 30 feet, whatever it was. It had the impetus had to come from Jeff Tatum, but it could have easily gone through Frenchie's hands. So we're never going to know. And I tell people the greatest thing about the seventies was how physical the game was and how, uh, when the referee made a decision, everybody would scream and holler and jump and boo and want to annihilate this official. We now we have you know we have time we have replays let's go to the camera indisputable indisputable evidence uh, we got it all now we try to get a perfect game but that play and that controversy and the hatred of of the Raiders for the Steelers and how they got jilted out of a chance to play Miami and go to the Super Bowl was what made I think the seventies the Steeler rivalry with the Raiders a much see a much a must-watch contest, and it made the foot. It made the NFL great, as opposed to now we have basically as close to a perfect game, you know, as we can get. So I'm thankful for the immaculate reception, and I'm thankful for all the uh, the heartache it caused <laughs> the Raiders. And bless his heart, John Madden. <laughs> but it, it it was it has served the NFL well. And it, and it's the greatest story any quarterback can ever tell of his first career exactly. playoff touchdown pass as well. That's yeah. it. And listen, Rich, I like to tell people when I was laying on the ground and I heard the roar, I'm laying there going, you son of a gun. You did it. You you, you did it under duress. You fired that baby down there, and I don't know who caught it, but, boy, I'm a hero to millions. I, I'm probably going to make – Twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollars this off season to go with the thirty I just made for the year. Man alive, a hero to millions. There'll be books. There's going to be a movie about it. I'm going to be a yeah. So you, you just build it up, and then you stand up and find out what well, it did. What now? It went where? It hit who? Oh, it did hit him. Last, oh my God. Oh, it's just a good story, man. It sure is. And again, we're going to remember it on Saturday night. So uh, before I send you Beautiful. back into your day, last one, like what do you want people to remember about Franco, Terry? Well, I think when you meet a great person, uh, if they never had the pleasure of meeting a superstar who was so humble, he was just a humble superstar. Everybody loved him. Everybody. Phil Filipiano Phil, uh, is going to be there. Why would he be there if he didn't love Franco Harris and what he represented? Right. He was a gentleman off the field. He was a gentleman on the field. Uh, but a great, great teammate. Just everybody would want their kids, their, their young men, to, to be 
affected by Franco and the way uh, he held himself and accounted for himself and the, humil- the humility that he had as, as such an awesome player. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget him and that smile and that and that encouragement always from Franco. I mean, I just love him to death. What an honor that you said yes and made the time in your day for me and this show, sir. Yeah. You're the best, Terry. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. How's your, man. how's your health? You you okay? You doing all right? I'm, yeah. No, Great. I'm good. I, uh, Excellent. I've, I've, I've had my three-month observation for both cancers, and I'm cancer-free. Oh, awesome. I start back uh, in January for what do they call those uh, maintenance treatments. Okay. So I'll go back in and do more, ma- you know, do more treatments, but... Thank God. Uh, I'm celebrating Christmas with my family, cancer-free. And that's, that would have been hard to say a year ago, you know what I mean? Well, but bless you good. for that, Terry. Bless you on that. And I, I will see you at the Super Bowl. I will see you there. You got it, buddy. You take care. Okay, Rich. Bless you. Merry Christmas. Same to you. You bet. The great Terry Bradshaw okay, right here. That's the, the one and only. Right there. Whew. Love those stories, man. Yeah. Also, the craziest part about the, the, all those stories, Terry Bradshaw calling his own plays. Like, could you imagine? Yeah, I'd have to wait to the press box. All right, you want to? F- <laughs> An NFL quarterback Brad, I doing wanna... that today. Okay, okay, Franco. And then he scores. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Can't wait to when I see Cliff Harris next time at the, at the, at the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Ask him about that moment. Oops. Man. On this day to hear from Terry Bradshaw, I am so honored to have this opportunity to bring it to anybody who's watching or, or, or listening out there. Really. I know he's been in other spots, but the, the fact that to get he's, him he's driving around amazing. to say, to, to, for him driving around and saying, oh, okay, I'll do it. It's great. I didn't even know we were getting him until about an hour ago. Well, I mean, and, and, and again, he's flat on his back and he's hearing cheers and he's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm the man. I hit Frenchie in stride and he's gone. <laughs> I was like 12,000. Also, Terry only made 30 grand in 1972. <laughs> yep. And that was probably a lot of money back then. That was probably yep. a lot of money back then. Yep. Yeah. I had to pry it out of the Rooney wallet. And like Maybe. I said, growing up where I grew up, those guys, even though they were pretty much retired by the time I can remember anything about sports, your entire life when you grew up in Pennsylvania, especially around older people, those guys are just iconic and legendary and just just to be for me to be at my age now and just be able to be like, wait, I'm sitting on the show and Terry Bradshaw's calling in like this is and I know they have their own baffling pri- and I know they have their own private lives. But wouldn't you have just loved to have a microphone and a camera on the Bradshaws and the Harris's having an Italian meal two oh, weeks oh ago? Gosh. Italian nice dinner line. in Pittsburgh. Oh. Yeah. That would have been fun. Well, I can't wait to get to Pittsburgh and, and uh, chat with everybody there and meet them and see them and just uh, remember the life and times of Franco Harris, which we will do on NFL Network on Saturday night. A remembrance and now a memorial at the same time and a celebration. Yeah. We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I want to preview some of the uh, – there's, there's one team I want to highlight going into this weekend. We've been on it for a while, and we're going to hit it again. Don't go anywhere. Great weekend of football coming up. I'll preview some. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Navy Federal wants to help you in time for the holidays with the help of the Navy Federal Credit Union Federal uh, Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card. When you use it, you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases. You can redeem your awards as soon as you earn them. And using the Navy Federal mobile app makes redeeming with your Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card even easier, easier than ever. Enjoy the rewards of cash back without any annual fee, balance transfer, or foreign transaction fees. There's no limitations on rewards, and they never expire while your account is open. Rates are variable and range between 12.65 and 18% APR based on credit worthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to a dollar at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Message and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Learn more again. How you can get cheer to last all year with the cash rewards card at NavyFederal.org. Our members are the mission insured by NCUA. Some games this weekend, folks. Some games this weekend mean a ton. Again, that Saturday night game is going to mean a lot more than just a game. Again, Raiders at Steelers to celebrate the Immaculate Reception. But some other contests, Eagles and Cowboys, Jalen Hurts going to go. Vikings and Giants, how does that sound? Could be a potential playoff preview. There's a lot of teams hoping that the Vikings win this thing and send the Giants a little bit further back. Teams like the Lions, teams like the Seahawks. The Seahawks are in Kansas City. What a tough spot for them to try and bounce back. San Francisco's taking on the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are sitting there in the seventh seed. The Niners are hoping the Giants can trip up. Minnesota said they could take the two spot. You know, you've got, again, the the Jacksonville Jaguars against my Jets coming up tomorrow night. How big is that game? Jacksonville could take a step forward. The Titans coming back with Malik Willis right now. But they're taking on the Houston Texans. Will Derrick Henry get another 200-yard game against him? That's what he usually does. They need it. They need it more than ever with Jacksonville. No Trevon Walker, apparently, for him. The number one overall pick won't be heading towards Zach Wilson's direction. Detroit's in Carolina. Carolina's got a shot at Tampa, right? As great a shot as anybody in that division is Tampa. Everyone else is 5-9, and nine, but they're, they're the only one with a win over Tampa, and they faced Tampa in the last week of the season, and the Lions are like, we need this. They want to go above 500. That's huge. That's big. The Baltimore Ravens, they need a dub. They need a a victory to keep pace, one would think, with Cincinnati, the way that Cincinnati has been playing. 
Lamar is not spotted at practice today. And I'll tell you what, man, do they need him. They need him back in the worst way they need him back. And the Atlanta Falcons have some designs on winning this division. Desmond Ritter going into the bank on Saturday. The three games on Christmas Day. How big are they? Tampa needs a win. It's a very McSorley Christmas, it seems, right? For the Arizona Cardinals? Correct, Chris? Yeah, Colt McCoy. Still in concussion protocol, ruled out. Trace McSorley. Penn State's home run hitter. Taking on Tom Brady. And the Bucs, that's the night game. The Broncos and Rams in the middle for our viewing pleasure. Then there's that first game. I want to linger on these two teams here. The Packers, we know, need it. They got to win out. Two teams I want to talk about right here. The Dolphins and the Bengals. We talked about the Dolphins all season long, wanting to see Salty Tua, right? We need to see (laughs) Salty Tua. We need to see him just really get that gumption. Tell everybody, you know, I hear what you're saying about me, but guess what? I'm freaking Tua Tungavailoa, and you're not. I don't know about you, but that looked like money. That's right. (laughs) But we said all along, as I had anointed Tua Elite, and his numbers are elite quarterback, we talked about the Dolphins' final six games all along. That's what we said. Their last six games of this season are very difficult. And we'll see if that 8-3 and three record going into their final six games, how that would play out. Certainly when they had a three-game road trip at San Francisco, at Chargers, at Buffalo. And they've lost all of the first three. Going 500 in those six games, I think they would have signed up for that going in. But in order to achieve that, they got to win their last three. Home against Green Bay at New England on New Year's Day. And then home for the Jets, who might need that desperately too. And losing at San Francisco, obviously, is not no shame in that. That game against the Chargers, I think they'd wish they could have that one back. And all you say you see from the all twenty-two folks is uh in the you know the the uh the the film watchers on Twitter is that Tua had some shots against San Francisco and he missed them. And then he played a, maybe his best game of the year. Certainly the offense did as a as a whole in Buffalo. They were great. I was really impressed. They were very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive and also showed, okay, if they got to go on the road in the playoffs, here we go. They might have to go to Buffalo again. They might have to go to Cincinnati. They may have to go to Baltimore. They may have to go, obviously, to uh, Kansas City. So, in Cincinnati. And um, that's where I want to linger as well, Cincinnati, because their road to the playoffs looked really bleak when they started 0-2 and then they lost on Halloween night in Cleveland and got punked, punked. And everyone started looking towards the end of the season and saying that is a really tough schedule and that's when they're going to get got and exposed as last year potentially being a one-off. And in the same way that the Dolphins so far have not won on that tough stretch, the Bengals have not lost in that stretch. Look at the stretch since losing on thanks on, on Halloween night. They doubled up Carolina at home, came off the bye, went into Pittsburgh, 
won there. Then went to Tennessee when Tennessee was on its high. This is way before Tennessee started its swoon. As a matter of fact, Cincinnati started Tennessee's swoon. They went in in a paint swapping affair, and you know the Titans took their heart pills and buckled up, and without Jamar Chase came out with the win, and then went to had Kansas City, and they did it again. Just when you thought they can't do it again, they're not going to have. They now quote unquote have Kansas City's number, home for Cleveland. Yeah, Deshaun Watson was back. And yeah, that was Joe Burrow's first ever career win against Cleveland. And then they went to Tampa, fell down 17-0, and won that game by double digits. And now, this weekend, they're at New England. That's the latest test before they finish up at home against Buffalo and Baltimore. Look at that stretch that they haven't lost in. Last year's one seed... Potentially this year's one seed in Kansas City, and if it's not them, it might be Buffalo who they see in two weeks. Tom Brady all pissed off, needing to win and going up 17 on him. A Cleveland team that Burrow's yet to beat. Come on now. You got to give it up. You want to talk about battle-tested? Here's a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and lost it, and there is no hangover. Everyone was talking about a hangover at 0-2. You don't want to face them, man. Name me a spot where Joe Burrow, you could say he can get God. Other than Cleveland, to be very honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that kind of have his number. But... This weekend, New England coming off the hail moron. You. <laughs> okay, coming off that. Them needing to win. You know Belichick has got to be in everyone's grill. I mean, it has to be. A tough holiday week. I mean, you want to talk about Grinch. He has got, I mean, he has got to be totally, and he won't, it clearly hasn't shown it publicly. He has got to be beside himself that the biggest boneheaded situational football play maybe ever, and I know we talk in hyperbole these days where the present is definitely historic, no matter what. But this is pretty damn historic to lose a game like that where your team's throwing it around like they're desperate for points because they need points because they're about to lose because they're down 7-6 in a divisional playoff game on their own 40-yard line with 22 seconds to go and no timeouts left and need an immaculate reception. Instead, they do that in a tie game that everybody's expecting to go to overtime. Against a team that's done nothing but blow leads all year long, and including the game that the Patriots just lost. So you know Belichick has all sorts of whatever is up his sleeve, every trick in the book ready for Joe Burrow and this Bengals team. And you could laugh all you want. Mac can't do this, and the coordinators are brutal, and the offense is predictable, and I know, Chris, you're making that noise like, what? They like, are. I mean, you're like not, I'm telling you're not no telling lies. any lies. I know I mean, that. Come on. Say that all you want. <laughs> Gillette, on Christmas Eve, with Belichick coming off of this game, in my mind, for Burrow, is just as tough as any of those opponents right there, and especially when it's on top of this gauntlet that they have successfully run. So in contrast, again, the, the Dolphins had this schedule – how, t- how are they going to go through it? Well, they've lost the first three. Everybody's looking at the Bengals. Well, congrats on coming back from that 0-2 start. And you just lost 
He just got punked by Jacoby Brissett and the Browns on Halloween night. We're looking down the road. We're seeing what you got in November, December. Vio Condios, nice going. Uh-uh. They got a shot at the one seed. Again, if Kansas City somehow loses once in the next three games against Seattle at home this weekend, and then Kansas City, after this Christmas Eve game, has a game home against Denver. And then they're at Vegas. Boy, would the Raiders love to just stick it to the Kansas City Chiefs at the end because all they got to do is lose once and the Bengals win out because winning out means they've beaten Buffalo. The Bengals can be the one seed in the AFC because they would be able to cash in their tiebreakers against the Chiefs and the Bills. How impressive is that? Oh, yeah, we got tiebreaks against the Chiefs and the Bills in our back pocket. You want to include the Titans in that? Go for it. You want to include the Patriots in that? Yeah, why not? Just for good measure. Honestly. If that happens, well, what's more ha- impressive than that? They'd have to be the Super Bowl favorite. And they can be. And people aren't talking about them as such now. Because they're still the Bengals and what? What's more impressive than the run that they're on right now? This is a big game this weekend in New England. Which leads us now to Bill Belichick's press conference moment of the day. <laughs> So we all know, again, Bill has got to be just like, it's got, it's got to be a rough week, not only for the Patriots within the building, but for the Patriots uh, reporters. <laughs> to try and get something from Bill after that. Now that being uh, what you termed, Christopher, as the hail moron. So the setup for this is, what, like, what was Bill asked? I haven't seen this yet. Everything. Has he seen anything from his team Okay, coming off of that? Uh, contest oh baby fresh down the chimney in time for the holidays this bill belichick press conference moment today's bill belichick press conference moment well, we prefer to win bill i know you haven't practiced this week but what have you seen from your team in the two days that they have been in the building this week what have i seen from yeah, just I mean, we talked about the game on Monday. We're moved on to Cincinnati, and we're working on Cincinnati today. Oh. They came in, they ate breakfast, and they saw me eat breakfast. Saw them in the meeting room. <laughs> they all went to their individual meetings. <coughs> Take a break. They go to the bathroom. They go to testing. Come back in. Go to the next meeting. I don't know what you're talking about. Is there a good breakfast spread? Yeah. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> 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 By the way, how do we not even think that they're moving on to Cincinnati? A perfect way to describe that we've turned the page. Honestly, the whole moving on to Cincinnati phrase from back in the day is, in fact, league-wide now a way to say we've turned the page. It's another way to say we are no longer thinking about the disaster <laughs> that has just occurred that you in your week-to-week coverage of the NFL are blowing up as the end of, name it, our quarterback's tenure, our playoff season. Moving on to Cincinnati is anybody's use of football lexicon to connote we are done talking about what we don't want to talk about anymore and you can't stop talking about in the media. (laughs) 
and of all the teams that the Patriots are facing this week. It's Cincinnati. They're moving on to Cincinnati. Hey. The end of Brady's tenure, a, tra- a terrible Monday night loss in Kansas City. Oof. We're moving on to Cincinnati. We're not talking about it. But, uh, our, Bengals, our, our running back inexplicably pitching it to his wide receiver who beyond inexplicably throws a 15-yard spiral back to his quarterback only to have it intercepted and run back by a 100-sack potential future Hall of Famer who posterizes our quarterback in the process. As Franco said, put his, held him out with his arm. <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to move on to Cincinnati. Now, what do you ask, Chris, that you saw? You saw another soundbite that, that you thought about, was going to be our, our, I, that, our moment? It's actually that what I thought it was going to be. It was asked about Mac Jones like being the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Oh, my God, really? And he was like, you know, we're, we're just thinking about Cincinnati. <laughs> like, Moving on to Bailey Zappi. Oh, my God. Oh, I forgot. That's right. Oh, everyone thinks Brady's coming back, so it's fine. That's right. And I can't wait to see... Uh, again, the Cowboys take on the uh, the Eagles this week, and that's going to lead to my final segment before I head off to Pittsburgh. You guys are going to be with Tom Pelissero over the next Tommy P. two days, yeah. if you can get out of Minnesota. Yeah, do we have a <laughs> um, do we have plans in, in case of, in case of emergency? Break Brockman because Susan and the kids are flying off to New York tomorrow. Yeah, so okay. might just be us. At any rate, that's who can host. Um, oh. So this is, this is my, my, uh, my last show of this year, and I've got a year-ending list. Oh. Year-ending top five. How about love that? Love it. Love lists. I just love, love the fact that now he loves lists. That's the greatest gift that <laughs> you've ever gotten, Chris. That should be number one on the list. I, I will tease it. I will tease it. I will tell you what it is because you're going to want to stay here. Top five storylines of 2022 that amounted to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> top five storylines that amounted to nothing. Nothing. I All oh, you hot takers, I've been taking notes. I've got receipts like Robert Sala. And that's next, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. About to head off to Pittsburgh, PA. Again, I'm calling the Raiders and the Steelers, the immaculate reception game as we've been referring to it all season long to celebrate the 50th anniversary of it. And it'll be, again, a remembrance and now a celebration and a memorial for Franco Harris, may he rest in peace. And by that point, uh, we'll have an entire day's worth of football done. I mean, week 16 is in the books. Mostly. 
with the exception of the three Christmas games and the one Monday night game. Um, and by that point in time, there is potentially, as I've called my shot, um, the newest piece of cheese to be placed out there by the media, NFL media, that I'm telling you not to take, which is if Gardner Minshew starts for the Philadelphia Eagles and performs well against the Cowboys and even clinches the NFC for the Eagles, there will be people out there who say Gardner Minshew should keep the job or is just as good as Jalen Hurts, and thus Jalen Hurts is not as valuable to the Eagles or to the league as we've all been talking about. Do not take that cheese. Gardner Minshew can run the Eagles offense just as well as Jalen Hurts. It's coming. Next. Or Jalen shouldn't be the MVP. We just just saw how well they play with Gardner Minshew. Right. I mean, it's all coming. There's two different versions of it. One of those two is going to be said, if not both. And you might sit here and say, hey, Rich, what gives you that idea? Well, I've been around. I've been been around a while. I don't shine shoes no more. Okay? (laughs) But I am telling some people to go get their shine box with my top five list. To end the year, my final segment of 2022 on the Rich Eisen Show, because I'm heading off to Pittsburgh and we are taking a holiday break next week. Here's my top five 2022 storylines that amounted to nothing. (laughs) You got some music for this? Yeah, just put it up there. All right. Even though it's not all NFL, I don't care. I like the music. (laughs) Number five on the list, we do start in the NFL. Remember this, Pearl? Remember this one? Trading Tyreek Hill will leave the Chiefs offense high and dry. (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the storylines of 2022 you know what that's amounted to bupkis as of this airing the number one team in the national football league total yards yards per game in passing yards passing yards per game total points and points per game are the kansas city chiefs <laughs> So, how does that storyline sound to you? Zero. You picked them to not win the division. I said that the Raiders were going to be better. Oh, okay. (laughs) Number four on the list. Do you remember remember when? It sounded like Chris (laughs) Farley. Remember when? Remember when Freddie Freeman went to Atlanta with the Dodgers? Yeah. And there was a whole big to do. Even, even, um, Uh, Clayton Kershaw had to say something where he's like, you know, hey, we're pretty good around here, too. And Freddie Freeman was feeling a little nostalgic for Atlanta and might have wanted might have wanted to stay there. And there was something going on that Clayton Kershaw had to say something. But the media sense was Freddie Freddie Freeman is going to divide the Dodgers clubhouse and the Dodgers season is going to circle the drain. (laughs) And all they did was win. A Dodgers record 111 games. I know they didn't make the World Series, didn't win the World Series, and I know Freeman, I think, was the last out of that series against San Diego. San Diego. But, I mean, there was a, there was like a 48-hour period. We even got in on that one. Oh, yeah. That Freddie's going to, like, come on, man. L.A.'s pretty cool. Like, what's going on, Freddie? But it was a whole big to-do. Well, they won 111 games. Yeah, and he hit 325. Thank you, sir. He did pretty well. He was fine. Exactly. (laughs) Number three, we're still in the middle of it, and and it's still alive. It's still alive because the defending champion Golden State Warriors can't win on the road. They can't stay healthy. 
But I don't think the fact that they're under 500, and by the way, they're still hovering around that eighth and final playoff spot or seventh and final. Like they're right now, they're 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 in a play-in game spot, and I think they're going to get healthier. But number three in the top five storyline of 2022 that's amounted to nothing. Draymond Green's knockout of Jordan Poole will destroy the Warriors. I saw them dapping each other up in Madison Square Garden last night after a good play. Well, Maybe we'll, yeah, okay, all right. They're, they're fifteen and seventeen. Yeah, I mean they're not playing great. Do you, but is it is that the reason why? Or, or the fact that Wiggins hasn't stayed healthy? Yeah. And the fact that, that Curry's now out? Well, that And the fact that, Holman, that, that Wiseman, Wiseman had to go to the G League? Well, yeah. And he is not playing well at all? No. Well, is that Dray- it's because Draymond dropped pool. Is that what it is? That's still super weird, though. Uh, it's not saying it's not weird, but I, know. I don't yeah. know. They so said they put it to bed. Maybe we'll find out in some deep dive in, in, in March yeah. or April that, that I'm wrong. But right now, I think it's amounted to I mean, nothing. They're 3 and 15 on the road. That's not really why. Yeah. Right. <laughs> number two. Number two on this list. And um, I took this cheese. I took this cheese when the Yankees didn't sign Aaron Judge prior to the 2022 season. The number two storyline of 2022 that amounted to nothing. The Yankees ruined their relationship with Aaron Judge by not signing him before 2022. And when it all came down to it, his hometown, supposedly, even though he grew up outside of Stockton, California, but San Francisco Giants, the Padres came at him and said, we will generationally enrich you just as much as the Yankees. And he gave the Yankees a, hey, I don't want to go anywhere. Do you want to keep me? Got to hit this number. And Hal Steinbrenner said, on this day, introducing him as a Yankee captain and as his ink is drying on his new contract, he said, I, Hal Steinbrenner said he told him, you may be a free agent, but I'm calling you a Yankee. You're not, you're still a Yankee. And it all happened. And he went and hit 62 home runs and it was a, a magical season. And now, much to do about nothing. Yep. But number one, the number one storyline of 2022 that amounted to nothing may just be on the Mount Rushmore of storylines that amounted to nothing. And by that, I mean all time. Forevermore. Etch in stone of the Mount Rushmore of storylines that amount to nothing. Cooper Rush should replace Dak Prescott (laughs) as quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That one was so hot and tasty. This for what, like is, a month? I don't even understand. This is that something awesome. we will be telling our grandchildren. Will be telling their grandchildren. I won't be. That time, <laughs> I knew that was in Gazy. 2022 when some members of the NFL media damn plum lost their lids. <laughs> we never took that cheese around here. I might have had my fun trying to get you all riled up hey, about it. You know it didn't work. But number one. I mean, this. there's really every other of the other four I gave you. is not even a close second, third, fourth, or fifth to the number one storyline in 2022 <laughs> that amounted to absolutely nothing. Cooper Rush should replace Dak at quarterback. He was so good, though. And that's the way I go out the door. This may be a new tradition. I might do this in the season and year-ending show every year from now on. Mm-hmm. Here on the Roku channel and this Rich Eisen show. Terrestrial radio. We had a couple affiliate. people on Twitter who thought that maybe your Raiders headline would have. Well, I mean, that's my headline. It wasn't. It wasn't. This is on mass. This is what most people thought. I yeah, was an I, outlier that I care to forget. I'm moving on to Cincinnati, <laughs> if you will. 
Uh, thank you, everybody here, and for listening uh, all year long and watching all year long. We're back on Roku to wrap this up. I'll chat with you from Pittsburgh, and the rest of the guys here will take you the rest of the way.